1: Today on the Zabecast, I'm not dead, just, well, you know, lazy. Sorry. I have, as usual, missed a hell of a good week in sports takery, but I'll do my best today to catch up. Everything from LeBron James and his AAU helicopter dad antics to the U.S. Soccer Federation to Roger Goodell. All that, plus how the Zabin family argues while on vacation. Your bonus, 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, August 1st, 2019. Thank you for downloading and hi there. I'm back. Let me get a couple of emails out of the way first and foremost. You can always hit me up at zave at yahoo.com. This one from Mike Zamanovich. Zabe, I don't mind you taking vacation. Just stop telling me how many episodes you're gonna do and then not do it. I plan my week around listening to the Zabe cast. and I heard there would be at least three last week and I got one. I heard there'd be five this week. And hello, knock, knock, It's Wednesday, I've only seen one. Sack up and tell us you're on vacation and no one will be pissed. Sincerely Mike Zamanovic. Moving to Arizona, still listening to 97.3 The Game and 9.80 in the evenings. Well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate all that. and uh, uh, Save room for me out there in Arizona. He's not wrong. I promised more than I could deliver last week. My voice went out. That's my excuse there. This week I have no excuse other than I'm lazy. I'm eating ice cream. I'm drinking bourbon. I am floating around on the beach on a floaty in the pool. Uh, this one, you could at least tell us what happened to your voice. It was two minutes of what's going on. I'm a premium subscriber. I at least want to know what's going on in your life. LOL. P.S. You have us hooked. You are my heroine. Um, I thought I'd explain my voice thing. I mean, it's overuse. I'm 99.9% sure. I think I'm back to normal. There might be a li- yeah. little bit there. That note's still not quite back. But I'll just try not to hit that note. Zabe, please, 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 for the love of God, at least record a subscriber podcast this week. One show per week just isn't enough for the addicts, i.e. the people paying. Thank you for your consideration. Insert prayers up emoji here. Justin in Indy. Funny you should mention prayers. Uh, Prayers will come into the podcast later on tonight. Uh, This one from Elliot M. Elliot M. Lonker, Elliot, by the way, you've got the best name ever. I, if that's your real name, God damn it, what a great name. Elliot Lonker, L-O-N-K-E-R. He writes to say, Steez, may I be so bold as to offer you some unsolicited advice from a one-percenter? Well, you didn't even give me a chance to respond, because I was going to go tell you, Elliot, to go fuck yourself. Literally step back and fuck your own face as Les Grossman said in the great movie Tropic Thunder. He proceeds, setting expectations is extremely important in life. You know this. Lately, you have not been doing a good job at that. For example, on your podcast Monday night, you said you were going to do one of these every day on vacation. However, there have been no further podcasts since Monday. He goes on to say, blah, 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 blah and recommends what the other listener said, which is I would just wish you'd be up front and say, look, I'm on vacation, so no podcast this week. I think 99% of your listeners, my laptop just fell here. I'm trying to get situated. I'm in my wife's my wife's uh, Honda Pilot. My wife's. It's mine, I bought it. <laughs> she drives it, though. Ah, mine, hers. It's for the lawyers to figure out someday. ha <laughs> just kidding. No, um... Okay, yes, I agree with you. blah blah. if you see, when people say they're going to do something and then they ghost, it kind of annoys people in general. All I'm saying, says Elliot, is the tell us the plan and stick to the plan. We will not mind if you take off, but a little heads up would make everyone feel better. Yeah, I, I agree. The lesson has been learned. John Lafferty, dear steed. I recently have added the Zabecast to my listening into the ride to work, and I was pleasantly surprised to get an episode Monday morning from the car. I enjoyed it. So this morning, I eagerly checked my app. No episodes to be found. Thanks. No, really, thanks. Here's why. I searched back and I clicked on an episode that I had missed. July 9th with Church. National Video Game Day. Gold, Jerry, gold. Hashtag 47-minute man. Yes, that was in that episode. Enjoy the OBX and relax. Well, there you go. There's one guy that said, because I didn't deliver, he went back and found an old episode that was still fresh and delicious to him. I get it. I I, I do need to set realistic expectations. and If I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it. But let me just tell you in my defense, here's one thing that, kind of dissuaded me from doing one of these every night and that was the response I got from one or two people when I did these from Florida on in the car and one or two people said yeah don't oversell yourself you alone not that good because I think somebody said hey I love it when you're alone just riffing it's great and I said yeah I kind of like it I think I do all right couple of people said, yeah, don't kid yourself. Trust me. I can't wait to get back to my studio. I can't wait to get back to the regular rotation of guys. I'm, trust me on that. But that was the one thing that stuck in my head, and it was ringing in my ears when I thought, okay, I can talk for 30 minutes every night. That's not a big deal. And there's a lot of material. But then there's going to be people going, uh, yeah, oh, well, you know, really wish you'd have your guests. Well, I don't have a mobile studio yet. But I'm thinking about it. And we'll just let that one hang in the air like a, a stale fart. Don't promise us a mobile studio so you'll never, ever miss a podcast and then not get a mobile studio. Okay, I'm not promising anything. I said I'm thinking about it. LeBron James. Here we go. The AAU clip seen and heard around the world and the arguments that it spawned. Wow. There are multiple arguments about this particular incident. And I, it wasn't even an incident per se. There's just a, a bunch of different arguments that are rattling around. And they're colliding with each other. They are brushing up against each other. They don't necessarily squarely confront each other, these arguments. they are just There's several different arguments. A lot of people are arguing, of course, on Twitter and on the Internet past each other one direction other direction they're not even intersecting so I was thinking about the many different arguments that are being made in this particular case and I wanted to flesh them out oh by the way there's also arguments not being made or if they are being made they're being made by very few people and I'm going to bring those up in a second And also, on top of all this, you can have an opinion on how LeBron James was acting at the AAU game without being angry about it. Everyone, or it seems like everyone on on the internet and certainly on Twitter, on hate-fueled social media, assumes that if you disagree with or chide LeBron gently about his clownishness, that you are hating on him or that you are angry about it or i can't believe you have no life that this would be a big deal to whoa i didn't say it was a big deal i took 10 seconds to fire my opinion in on twitter and my opinion is well i thought it was it was stupid it was goofy it was out of bounds but i'm not mad about it shit no so that spawns a whole new cycle of reprisals. And hey, how dare you? And then there are the virtue signalers. There are the Captain Americas caping up. Wait, does Captain America have a cape? I don't think so. I think it's Superman. Remind me, I got to just start this cape up segment that I did impromptu with Scott Lynn the other day on the show. I think that's got real potential. Cape up. Play the uh, play the music for Superman. And then say, Who are you going to cape up on behalf of today? Jason Whitlock really was the one that started the food fight. He was, Whitlock in this case was the equivalent of John Belushi, who stood up in the crowded cafeteria and screamed, Food fight! <laughs> and it was on after that. Nate Burleson responded, Jamel Hill responded, Kendrick Perkins responded. Kyle Kuzma responded, oh my God. And some of the responses were so eye-rolling. Like when Kendrick Perkins said, what if Tom Brady did this, this, and this out of... F-? And I'm like, well, A, he didn't. B, when he does, watch and see what happens. By the way, Tom Brady has been clowned aplenty on the internet over things like letting his son kiss him on the mouth for an uncomfortably long time, about dragging his little daughter off a cliff in Costa Rica into a shallow dive pool, well, not shallow, but into a potentially dangerous dive pool and losing valuable father-of-the-year points from having a dad bod to any number of things. Trust me, Tom Brady's been clowned and criticized plenty, but whatever. Also, here's something else, Kendrick. There's no organized white guy response to, oh, hold on a second. A white star is being criticized for something. Defend, defend, defend. Clown on Brady all you want. Who fucking cares? He's a millionaire. Millionaire athlete, just like LeBron James. Okay. Whitlock's point, I agree with. There, I said it. I am. Like Whitlock, I'm old school in my thinking. I believe that LeBron James should be a supportive parent by going to these games and being like any other parent and not jumping out onto the court. If LeBron James were to jump up in the stands, clap real loud, do a do a woof-woof, way to go, Bronny, I'm okay with that. But the layup line dunking... And the the on-the-court jumping around, it's like, okay, (laughs) look here. You don't have enough attention already? Really? Really. But I'm not mad about it. In fact, one of the arguments not being made is, hey, this is AAU basketball. This is the shittiest of the shit basketball being played in the world. It is the most selfish bucket of crabs get my stats, show out for the scouts, and fuck the team and fuck the coach. In fact, I guess there are coaches in AAU basketball, but who listens to them? And in terms of the team, I, you can't even say fuck the team. These teams are hastily assembled out of spare parts, and guys who are like, hey, you want to play on my AAU team? Well, I don't know. I'm not on the extended roster. Now you are. Boom. Come on and play. It's garbage. It's garbage basketball, it makes the big three look like the NBA itself and the NBA finals. It's a joke. There was a clip I saw of LeBron James, or uh, not LeBron, but Bron's kid, Bronny, dunking. And LeBron was quite proud. But the dunk, he's got it at the top of the key, and literally every defender parts like the Red Sea to allow LeBron James's kid, Bronny, to drive down the lane, elevate, and And dunk. (laughs) And I'm like, all righty then. There's your AAU basketball in a nutshell. So it's garbage basketball. That's something that I'm not hearing anyone point out. Another thing that I didn't even know because everyone was too busy virtue signaling and attacking Whitlock and saying, how dare you? I didn't even realize until literally three news cycles later that LeBron's kid... Ronnie was on neither end of the highlight in question. He wasn't the kid who who dunked it down off the alley-oop pass, and he wasn't number seven, whose dad should have been all over the court. Number seven's dad, I I hope he's still in number seven's life. That guy should have gone on the court, done the haka dance, and taken a shit right inside the jump circle. Like that was my boy. My boy just went through the legs, alley pass on the dead run for a dunk. Fuck you. I've got the best kid in the world. He's better than LeBron's kid, and I'm shitting on center court. Hey, man, you can't criticize him. Uh, number seven's dad is just a supportive uh, black parent uh, who really wants to see his kids succeed. And did you see the play? I mean, come on. That's a hell of a play. Dad's going to get excited. So he took his shit at center court. What are you going to do? Nobody's going to make that argument. And the other argument is, but it's LeBron James. It's LeBron James. LeBron James is not just your average dad. So if LeBron James gets a bit animated, uh, you know, different rules for him. And I say, that's fine. I understand that argument. I disagree with the argument, but I understand it. What I want to know is, where's the line then? In fact, I tweeted as such. I said, okay. So LeBron can do all that. That's fine. What about an NBA player who's kind of like out of the league right now, trying to stay in the league? He is a former all-star, but he's not a superstar. Like, say, Carmelo Anthony. Does Carmelo Anthony get away with that stuff? Does he get to do all that that LeBron did? Or do you say, whoa, 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 slow down, Melo. There's a game going on here can't just jump out in the middle of the court and start air chest bumping the other kids. What about a guy like Jeremy Lin, who's worried that his NBA career is likely over now? Sorry, Jeremy. sanity has been canceled. Does he get to go out and do that? Uh, does Jeremy Lin, and this is where we delve into potentially awkward, if not dangerous, stereotype waters... Don't do it, Zabe. Why not? I'm just in the car here, sitting outside the house at the Outer Banks. I can't talk freely amongst my listeners here. Uh, You might regret it. You know everything today. It gets scrutinized. It gets taken out of context. People are looking for scalps. Okay? I understand that. I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck it. Leroy Jenkins. I'm going in. Does Jeremy Lin get to act the same way given the fact that he is Asian and Asian parents historically and traditionally have not had a problem being supportive of or in attendance of their kids activities. I.e. because fatherless Asian households Are far fewer than african-american does that change the dynamic hmm strokes chin not quite sure and then there was the argument about well the kids loved it well that's the weakest of all the fucking arguments right there The kids loved it. Kids love fart jokes in Fortnite, too. It don't mean kids are right when it comes to, oh, just whatever the kids say is fine. Let's let it go. No, that's a terrible argument right there. But I'm old school. I wish LeBron James, well, I don't wish. I don't give a shit. Uh, If it was me, uh, I would not want my dad douching around like that. And by the way, Whitlock's... Piece that started all this, which was outstanding, and this is a very smart move by him, he went back and referenced when LeBron's mom got up during some sort of kerfuffle, some sort of dust-up involving uh, LeBron on the court, and LeBron told his own mom, sit yo ass down. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a great reference right there. I don't even remember that, but okay, fine. So Nate Burleson responds angrily or pretending to be angry. He seemed kind of angry. It was a good good rant by Nate. And I like him on both Good Morning Football and on games. But I just kind of laughed like, okay, dude, you're cutting this video outside your fabulous house with your pool. And that's a side topic. Where do you stand on a where do you stand Wednesday? It's Thursday. All right, where do you stand Thursday on athletes or celebrities cutting social media videos clearly outside their pool where they can kind of flex with, hey man, look at my pool. I'm not saying they gotta do it in front of a green screen, but I don't know. It seemed kind of comes off as a little bit douchey as well. Maybe I'm just pool jealous, who knows? Burleson seems to be kind of angry, goes through all the talking points of how dare Whitlock do this. But then he also said in the thing, he's like, I'm just going to get this off my chest, and then I'm going to get back to enjoying my nice Tuesday afternoon. And I thought, isn't that social media in a nutshell right there? People getting needlessly angry, people interrupting their otherwise wonderful day to cape up for or... Clap back at somebody over some issue that is going to be here today, gone tomorrow, like a burp in the wind. Nate should have said, wait a minute, why am I spending my Tuesday doing this? Who's, Where do I claim my points, my social media points for doing this? What do I win? Tell him what he won, everybody. Nothing. Clicks retweets, likes, admiration. I'm sure he'll get lots of response saying, thank you, thank you, Nate. You said it perfectly. And he'll get some hate mail. And it'll be a wash. Meanwhile, a beautiful Tuesday by Nate Burleson's pool has been needlessly upset by the emotional response to a little piece that Jason Whitlock put out about this. It's all so silly. So for the record, I I agree with Whitlock. I think if LeBron wants to sign autographs at the game, that's great. If he wants to do a dunk contest afterwards, I think that's cool as well. If he wants to give everyone sneakers, that's great too. But I'm kind of old school. I think he was acting like a douche. But as they say, opinions vary. Moving on, U.S. Soccer Federation fires back at the women's team regarding their pay situation. Oh boy, here we go. First off, I know there's a number of people who are groaning right now saying, Jesus save, enough of this already. I do not fucking care. I, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, you're excused. I need 10 minutes on this. 10. All right, 7. 5. No, 6. Here we go. I'm at 21.45. I promise I'll look down at the uh, timer. I won't go past 28. I find the whole situation fascinating and interesting, and I'm actually learning a lot about how the men and the women are compensated differently. But the U.S. Soccer Federation's retort, their public retort, about the pay, the headline takeaway was the women have been paid more than the men over 10 years, the last 10-year period that's been available, and... They have actually lost money on their games, whereas the men have actually made money. Those are the big takeaways. But as always, there's a bunch of caveats and, yeah, what about this is and everything else. It was interesting that the U.S. Soccer Federation and their their chief, Carlos, I don't want to say Carlos Correa, Carlos Carrasco? No. Carlos somebody. Don't have it with me. I'm in the car. He, uh, you know, so... He says, here's the deal. Here are the numbers. What I didn't know is that, so apparently the U.S. Soccer Federation, they pay for the, the uh, women's regular league salaries, and they did not include that in their accounting for, you know, who gets paid what and for everything else. Some people were crying foul going, well, they included the women's, regular salaries for their professional league in their tabulations. Then people were like, yeah, but they pay those salaries, so shouldn't they be allowed to tally that up? I would say the argument comes down to this. Here's the best analogy I could come up with for the men versus the women argument and getting paid. It's like a craps table. I can sit and play craps or stand and play craps with Mr. X in Vegas, which I did last year at Zay Vegas. We had a great time. And at the end of our hour and a half of playing, he can walk away with a much bigger stack of chips than me. Why? Because on a craps table, there are a million different ways to play. But the dice are the same for everybody. So with the men and the women when it comes to the national team, they're betting the craps table of professional soccer differently. The women are more like me, betting 10 to 15 on the pass line, backing it with odds, throwing in an occasional hard way there every now and then, whereas the men are playing big dollars on specific numbers, and they're trying to hit points and do all this other stuff. And they have more money to start with from the beginning. So, you can walk away from the craps table like an hour and a half later and go, "Man, that was good. The dice were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, guy hit a lot of points, hit some numbers. How much did you get? Uh, I'm up a hundred and ten. Okay, Mister X, what'd you walk away with? I'm up two grand. Well, well, it's not fair. I was at the same craps table. I want to be paid the same way. Okay, well then, then then bet the same way that I do. Do the men. Or do the women want it set up like the men? Obviously not. They want different things. They want 401K. They want health insurance. They want a regular salary. They want to get paid just beyond their individual international matches, et cetera, et cetera. The men have it differently. The men are also in professional leagues that help pay their salaries. They play for the men's national team. They put on the USA jersey almost like a side hustle. Like a weekend shift driving for Uber. And if they get paid, if they do really well, they can clean up. But a lot of times when they lose to Trinidad and Tobago, they don't get shit. And they don't get a salary. They don't get the same things as the women. It's a craps table. They're playing differently. And there's a lot of different ways you can carve up, well, they brought in this. Oh, yeah, but this sponsorship from Dove, Dove Soap, it was because of us, the women. And even though they didn't say this is only for women's soccer, they gave you $5 million, U.S. Soccer Federation, and you said that, you know, that was a men's donation. You can argue this stuff all day and all night. I won't do that here. I will say this. The men may have fucked up big time because the men wanting to earn those mythical virtue signaling, I'm so woke points fired off a letter themselves saying, we support the women. They should get paid the same. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If I'm the head of the U.S. Soccer Federation, I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Problem solved. Here's what we're going to do. Guys, ladies, come come in here, huddle up. We're going to collect all the money. We're gonna have to get all these monies. We're gonna all we're gonna put every cent into a big till for every match, for every corporate appearance, for television rights. All goes into one pot. Yeah. Okay. Now what? Then we're gonna have a closed door meeting. Women's team coaches, men's team coaches, and then you come out and tell us who gets what. Thank you. I'm off to a long lunch. That's what the U.S. Soccer Federation should do. They should say, oh, women, you're taking us to court. You're pissed off at us because you think we're stiffing you. All right. Oh, and men, look at you. You, too, are siding with the women. You think they're getting screwed, huh? Okay, fine. Problem solved. We'll collect all the money. You guys divvied it up. Good fucking luck on that. God, I want to see that happen so bad. And we're at 28 minutes, and we're done. Yeah, wasn't that hard, right? Speaking of arguments, god damn, my family is funny. I love my family, and but sometimes they, it's basically my dad and my brother. You know, the, the three Polish body yachts. And I don't claim to be any better than my brother or my dad when it comes to being a combative rhetorician on issues. But it's almost like when we get together for the beach, some of the arguments we end up having are the most absurd, hilarious, stupid, sometimes needlessly hostile arguments ever. Two nights ago, we had an argument about Fernando Rodney's salary. Yes, the 42-year-old... Not yet washed up reliever for the Washington Nationals. My dad says, out of the blue, out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, other than I think Rodney was in the game at the time, he's like, Stephen, do you know what Fernando Rodney makes per year? And I'm like, I don't know, it's probably the league minimum. You know, he was out of baseball. And my dad says, nope, $4.5 million. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm like, but I'm pretty sure the A's are eating most of that number. And then here comes my brother. Brother Jim, the lawyer, coming in off the top rope. He starts in with all this stuff about, what about offset language? You sure the Nats don't have to pay that? How do you know that? He wasn't out of baseball. He had just uh, been designated for assignment. Blah, 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 blah. So then we had to go run to the, I had to go run to Google. Google. To Google it up, find the story, and sure enough, the story said emphatically, the A's are eating most uh, – the A's are forced to eat $3.5 million of the prorated salary. The Nats have signed him to a minor league deal, which is the lowest, I'm sure, they could possibly pay him. You would think that this would end the argument. And My brother is interrupting m- – hello? Hi, Jim. I'm doing a podcast. I Am I in your way? Not at all. Okay. didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to scare you. But you interrupted. But not in the way I intended. Okay. Carry on. Carry on. There's my brother Jim. He's packing, by the way, to go uh, marlin fishing tomorrow. And, yeah, he comes over to the van and he starts pushing it, rocking it. And I'm like, hmm, am I in the way? Does he have to back out? Does he need something? So I roll down the window. No. He said, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Yet that's what he did. It's exactly what he did. Gotta love my family. So it turned into this. So you would think that once I Google up the answer of the A's are eating most of his salary, that would be the end of it, right? Zabin, or not Zabin, me, the Zabe, winner. Oh, no. No, not with. Now, with lawyer brother Jim and cranky patriarch Papa Zabin in the building. Oh, no. It then spawned off into all these other tangents. They wouldn't let it go. And my dad was arguing some obscure point. And then my brother was bringing up, well, what about this player? And I'm like, I'm not talking about that player. No, I don't give a fuck. We're paying Rodney the bare minimum because we picked him up off the street, basically. And then there was an argument tonight about the Nets at ballparks. And I basically said to my dad, I go, I just hate it. And I hate the Nets at the ballpark because here's why. And this is something I didn't elaborate on before. Well, you don't go to games. What do you care? I I agree. But here's the problem. It's Nets today. It'll be something else tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It'll be something else tomorrow in the name of safety that will piss me off even further, that will help ruin sports even further. Doing good ain't got no end, and if it's two ballparks with full netting today, it'll be 30 by the time 2021 is around, and then they'll have to go looking for, well, what's next? What else is too dangerous in sports that could hurt somebody? I just, I hate it. So I'm telling this to my dad. I said, because you know, my dad has often taught me about the tyranny of the masses. And I believe my brother Jim's daughter, my niece, Alyssa, who's going to the University of Southern California, fight on. And yes, she got in legit on her own merits. Daddy didn't buy her way in. She's very smart. Uh, young Alyssa was lecturing me on using my dollars as my economic voice to enact change. And I didn't want to stop her role on that. And I understand her thinking of like, well, if you don't support them, then that's the biggest voice you have in society. That's the most power that you have, the power of the wallet. And I, I didn't want to say it because she's young and idealistic and God bless her. But my 51 years on the planet has taught me to realize I ain't got no fucking economic clout. As one person, well, no, not you as one. But if everyone else makes the same decisions, then you can enact change. I just, maybe I'm too cynical now in life. I just feel like I've never seen any economic might be brought to bear to change something I don't like. I mean, it just—it seems like it rarely happens. The tyranny is of the masses who don't care. Those of us who might be exercising our economic willpower to say, I'm not going to frequent this place or that place or whatever, we are overruled and we are subjected to the tyranny of the masses who basically don't care. We are arguing about privacy you know, digital privacy and whatnot. And I forget who it was in the family that said, oh, yeah, well, privacy is going to be big. There's a lot of firms now that are working to create new ways to secure your data and this, that, and the other. And I just shook my head and I said, most people don't fucking care. They just don't care. They give their information up like like sluts to places like Facebook and others. They give it up. They can't wait to give it up for a coupon for 15% off a pair of jeans. They don't care. And, look, I'm not mad about it. You sound really mad. No, I'm not not mad about it. I'm just disheartened by it. I'm already disheartened about the upcoming NFL season. And not because the Redskins are going to suck. I still have the Packers to be rooting for intensely. But, no, I'm disheartened because <laughs> I'm ready for this pass interference thing to be a complete shit show, And a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be as bad as you envision and then some. Now, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised and maybe it'll work smoothly and it'll iron out some of the most egregious PI calls. And I'll be like, wow, I probably should have given it a chance. It's working out just fine. Huh. I'm not counting on it. I can say comfortably that the NFL has been ruined for me, personally. It doesn't mean I don't watch it. Well, don't you still watch? Yeah, I do. Well, why? Well, because even though the NFL has been ruined in the way that I used to love it, it's still good enough, and I'll still pick through what the wreckage of Roger Goodell's regime has become, and I'll find little smaller chunks of joy in the game itself that used to be nothing but one solid giant tub of joy and fun and exhilaration and angst and anger at my team's winning, my team's losing, my team's winning, my team's losing. The biggest thing is replay. Replay has taken away the joy of the touchdown. A touchdown used to be one of the great singular moments of joy any sports fan could experience. The ball is in the end zone, under the possession of your running back or receiver. Touchdown. Fuck yes. That zebra's hands go up in the air. Boom. Six points on the board, probably seven. Done. Love it. Yes. Yes. Now there's no touchdowns. The, the certainty of the touchdown has been replaced by, well, it's probably a touchdown, but we're going to have to wait and take a look. And that has robbed the joy and the spontaneity, and it has ruined the essence of the game of football. But I digress. Also, the NFL suspension policy is just, it's so all over the place. The Tyreek Hill thing still kills me. And I'll bring up Brady in this regard, but, man, the NFL paid Ted Wells $4 million to try to deny the existence of science, to try and fail spectacularly to prove that footballs were deflated when the evidence simply was not there. And they still suspended Brady for six games. Here's Tyreek Hill, a guy who punched and choked his pregnant girlfriend in college. A guy who was caught on tape saying, you better be terrified of me too, bitch. A guy who the Child Protective Services in Kansas City even said, we think a crime was committed, but we can't prove it. No suspension. It's just a joke. And I'm not necessarily saying I want Tyree kill suspended. I just want consistency is all. And the NFL is... Proven to be corrupt beyond all imagination. That said, I'm I'm looking forward to football. I, I don't want to be a bummer. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also kind of dreading the season because they fucked this league up. I'm looking forward to seeing how much Lamar Jackson actually runs the football. Holy shit, I saw where uh, John Harbaugh said, I'd bet the over on the number of running plays – that Lamar Jackson has this year. I guess they were comping it off of Cam Newton's first season under center. And John Harbaugh was like, I'd bet the over. Okay. This could be RG three all over again. RG three hurt. Oh, by the way, small broken bone in his foot. I believe he uh, tweeted out RG three. I guess I'm all in for week one. He's going to miss all of August. I actually found that kind of funny. Mike Thomas. Oh, Mike Thomas. You mean Michael Thomas? Yes. Michael Thomas of the Saints, number 13. Bad motherfucker. That guy is a great receiver. New contract, $100 million deal, $20 million guaranteed. Sets a new bar for wide receivers. Zeke Elliott still holding out. Now Jerry Jones is changing his tune from, he's the straw that stirs the drink. Jerry's tone now is, drink? Who said we're drinking anything? We'll see how long that one goes. Trent Williams still holding out for the Redskins. Or not holding out, but just not reporting to camp, not speaking. Some reports say he's vowed to never play again. The Redskins don't worry. They signed Donald Penn, 36-year-old guy, who ranked, according to Pro Football Focus, 275 out of 296 offensive linemen last year and has ended the last two seasons of his NFL career on the injured reserve. (laughs) This is two horrible ideas to replace Trent Williams on the left tackle spot. One of them being Eric Flowers, this one being Donald Penn as a backup. It's not going to go well. And now there's reports and rumors that maybe the Redskins are going to try to trade Trent Williams uh, for perhaps who knows what. This thing has been fucked up eight ways to Sunday, and I want to know... I want to hear from Trent someday exactly what he's most pissed about regarding this medical staff. A couple palate cleansers, and then we'll wrap it up. I'm 41 minutes in here. I've had a nice chat with you guys. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, The video of Amir Garrett of the Reds taking on the entire Pirates team, just going in one against 30. Well, not 30, one against 20. Something like that? Outstanding. Talk about going all Leroy Jenkins. That was it. Also, there was a video of a little girl, two little girls playing at some amusement park where they have a foam pit and a little padded balance beam, and you pick up these two big padded baton-like weapons like in American Gladiators and you try to see who can knock the other one off the balance beam into the ball pit. Okay, the two little girls, probably six years old, are fighting each other. Girl number one knocks off girl number two pretty easily, but it's a fair fight at least. They're the same size. Behind the girl who got knocked off the beam comes a, not even a toddler, but a baby who's crawling. I guess it was their baby sister... And the baby is crawling along the beam, and after girl number one disposes of girl number two, she sees the baby crawling at her, takes the giant baton, and just, bam! Knocks the crawling baby right off the beam into the ball pit. (laughs) I'm telling you, my rewatch count on that video, I'm going to say it's somewhere around 100 I just, and I was playing it for everybody as well. All right, one last one here. Stat of the day: Apple says it has two hundred and ten billion dollars in cash on hand, not theoretical cash. Like, well, we could sell some shares and liquidate this, and we could raise two hundred and ten billion. They're like, no, no, we have two hundred and ten billion dollars in cash in the bank. In fact, we swim in it like Scrooge McDuck. We we do nose dives into the giant room full of gold and coins and money, money, money. The stat of the day is this. Apple itself could buy all 32 NFL teams and still have $128 billion left over. Oh, God. I would trust Apple with the NFL way more than Goodell and these owners. I would love it if the NFL was subject to a possible hostile takeover. How great would it be if Apple bought the whole league and said, you, 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 in fact, all you asshats, get out. Everyone from Dan Snyder to Jerry Jones to Ziggy Wilf to Jeff Lurie to all the other owners to Shad Khan. Don't you like Shad Khan? I kind of do. Get out. And you, Roger Goodell, get out as well. We're running the league. Yeah, but who's going to make decisions on uh, free agents? Don't worry. We'll install football, people. Well, what about how much you're going to spend? Yeah, well, we'll all be at the salary cap. We'll we'll put cap managers in place. And just let the football people run 32 different teams, take the owners out of the mix, and take Goodell out of the mix. Oh, my God. That'd be nice. Not going to happen. That will do it for me tonight. 45 scintillating car minutes With only one interruption from my semi-drunk brother who's going out Marlin fishing tomorrow. Why am I not going out Marlin fishing tomorrow? I've already done my last deep sea fishing trip. It's not my thing. The boat rocks up and down. Hell, he has to wake up at 4 a.m. to get to the docks by 5 a.m. to sit on a boat for two and a half hours before he dunks the first bait in the water and he may not catch a goddamn thing. Won't get home until 5 o'clock at night. Entire beach day wasted. I can't do it. I can't. I won't. But I wish him the best. I hope he gets a marlin. hope he gets a big-ass fish. That'll do it for me tonight. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Thursday. And premium subscribers. Oh, I'm coming back at you. Premium edition. It'll be the same as this one. Uh, It'll be a subscriber-only edition tomorrow from the car. I promise Come hell, high water, sunburn, drunkenness, you name it. I'll see you tomorrow for one more Zabecast. Back at it on Monday. Have yourself a great Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow.